Welcome to Saucer Cinema, the podcast about UFOs, aliens, and otherworldly phenomena in film, TV, and other media. I'm your host, Alex. Joining me this week is Jen Albright, co-host of the podcast Have You Seen This? We will be discussing the 1976 documentary Overlords of the UFO, directed by G. Brooke Stanford and produced by W. Gordon Allen. Hello, everybody. This week we have Jen Albright, co-host of Have You Seen This Podcast? Uh, how are you doing today, Jen? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. Oh, of course. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of self-owned with this one. I should have picked Fire in the Sky, but um, this one is it's, really... It's kind of tough in spots, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, some people describe it as the Plan 9 of UFO documentaries, um, yeah, I, I I could see that, except Plan Nine is not nearly as uh, informative. As... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's really I'll kind of a hodgepodge. Yeah, it's really it is. A, yeah, it's like every kooky subject from the '70s just thrown into a blender. Like, hey, this is all somehow related to each other. <laughs> yeah, which is honestly why I picked it because I love all that 1970s era pyramid power human potential movement chakras kind of bullshit but this one uh it's very didactic (laughs) yeah it does feel completely sincere i did like that about it it's not just oh yeah this guy 100 believes all of this shit that he's shoveling yeah 100 (laughs) (laughs) again a lot of it's just like the government is covering this up why aren't people paying attention to me (laughs) but then then he'll go into like some really crazy weird line like um oh yeah he he goes on a spiel about cosmic radiation which he seems to believe will render astronauts mentally disabled if they absorb enough of it and they'll be idiots upon return to (laughs) wherever they come from yeah and for for if 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 any of you listen to my show uh have you seen this uh patreon.com slash have you seen this uh you'll know (laughs) that my co-host tim is more um he's more of the hard science brain so Mm -hmm. he could probably weigh in about the cosmic rays question but unfortunately i'm not educated enough to speculate on whether the uh cosmic rays will render an astronaut an idiot (laughs) i can't i can't speak to that it would be funny though these astronauts that have been in space come back and they're just dribbling yeah (laughs) Um, did we even i feel as though my show has invaded your show because we have not mentioned the title of the the document oh shit yeah sorry (laughs) this movie will turn you into a space yes i was like it's 100 times stronger than cosmic rays (laughs) just the guy's voice you know, like a lot of those documentaries would get somebody, you know, charismatic to do it, like Orson Welles yeah. or somebody. This one's just this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, if I may, like not to um, not to tread upon your toes here, but I could like kind of intro this movie because I really would like to talk about uh, the guy who made it because he's he's an interesting dude. Uh, but- yes. The, oh, yes. And, and the title of the film that we are talking about today is overlords of the ufo from 1976 which sounds cool right yeah 
it's like um, it, it's really trippy cool like prog rock title or something like that exactly i mean maybe that's why i picked it because yeah <laughs> i do listen to prog rock but um um yeah overlords of the ufo though this is basically a uh, a passion project um a piece of outsider filmmaking by someone very interested in the subject matter yeah um the filmmaker being w gordon allen he wrote and produced this mostly of salem oregon he seems to have spent most of his time in the in the pacific northwest um he was a research scientist he worked for boeing Mm. for a while he also owned some radio stations in oregon and louisiana um and uh, i'm not joking when i say that one of the radio stations that he owned in oregon had the call letters k-g-a-y that is not a joke hey gay so um, let's so let's all get our little snickers out because <laughs> it is very funny but um yeah so w w gordon allen um businessman scientist um and ufologist um Apparently. prominent in the community such that uh You'll see his name recurring in like certain publications. I think he, he wrote a book in 1959 about saucers and yeah, and that's that's mainly what this movie is about. Yes, um, it, yeah, and it's like he he it's basically a I guess you, a survey overview of all these different disparate like some of the cases are more ridiculous and less plausible than other ones. You know, and a lot of them are just outright like complete bullshit it's kind of hilarious like uh my man casts a wide net yeah <laughs> like i mean yeah. like fucking he's fucking yuri geller is in this movie yes yes there is there is no spoon left unbent <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or <coughs> key in this in the in yeah the, in this no one. key is safe yes <laughs> so did he you said he ran for office too yeah he it looks like he tried to get into uh, the oregon state legislature it doesn't look like he was successful um you know if you if you do some digging on like newspapers.com or whatever you'll see that he would he threw his name in the hat a couple times but mostly uh what you'll find is um stuff relating to kind of like his radio business he put in bids like trying to get a television station i think a uhf television station started in salem i don't know if people even know the difference between uhf and vhf anymore um (laughs) vhf is very high frequency uhf is ultra high frequency like i guess uh uhf you know much like the station and the weird al movie yeah title um it's it's kind of like a short distance. Like it's not, it's not going to go across the gotcha. mountains. It's not going to gotcha. be like one of the big stations, but you know, it tends to be local. Um, so my man was trying to get into television. He did seem to have some success in radio because he lived in a house in Salem, which I believe now is the governor's mansion. Um, oh, and that is interesting. To, yeah. So to give you kind of an idea of um, the personality of W Gordon Allen, um, before we dive into Overlords or the UFO, I found this article from, um, this was in newspapers in November of 1987, shortly before he passed away in 1988. Um, there was a news story about the governor's mansion in Salem, which is apparently haunted. Um, maybe locals can <laughs> speak on that. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, so it says in this newspaper article, at least two former owners of the 10,000 square foot mansion in South Salem report mysterious goings on in the place. One past owner says a ghost regularly perched on the foot of his bed. W. Gordon Allen of Woodburn, who lived in the house from 1961 to 65, said, spirit is far from dead. I guess um, Livesley was the guy who built the house in 1925. Oh, okay. So uh, this is W. Gordon Allen's account of his encounter with the paranormal. Uh, Al Allen, a former Salem radio station owner, said Livesley's ghost visited him in the master bedroom on the second floor. Quote, <laughs> The old guy would sit on the foot of my bed regularly every third or fourth day the entire time I lived in the house. Conversation with the ghost was telepathic because, you know, of course, he wore a black robe and seemed very sad. There was no really weight to him when he sat upon the bed. He said his wife in a nearby bed never saw the ghost. Oh, my so, God. Um, so he didn't sleep in the same bed with his wife, which is really funny. That's, oh, that's man, cool, yeah. Like, 1960s television. But, um, yeah, I was thinking, is he like, yeah, like Lucy or something? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's W. Gordon Allen. And it becomes clearer when you watch Overlords of the UFO that this guy literally believes in everything. Yes. there's Everything. Yeah, there's no filter with him. I mean, no. yeah. No. <laughs> Like every kind of report, every kind of photograph, every kind of claim, it's like all equal to him. Like there's no weighing of, well, <laughs> where's this coming from? Who's saying this? Why are they saying this? It's just, they said it, it's fact. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing, uh, which I guess would be true of, uh, maybe you know better than me, but UFOologists. A lot of in, them, yes. In general. Uh, a, good, a good chunk of them, yeah. Is... <laughs> the the thing being like that they're um often men of science and not just like dilettantes but men with advanced degrees yeah like people with like actual deep knowledge of science um, that is one of the weird things yeah a lot of engineers a lot of uh like people like that too yeah um well engineers is... i get but... well yeah yeah especially with... <laughs> yeah like, i think Intel super intelligent people are often more susceptible to certain things than a lot of other people are in a weird way in the sense that I, th I think that's true because as um um you know I have like a lot of like incredibly intelligent friends like friends who are like um just leagues more intelligent than I am like better read like more mm -hmm. educated <laughs> and yet they sometimes will lack you know what people will call street smarts or like emotional intelligence yeah they're, yeah they're not very good at seeing their own um you know whether it's logical fallacies or you know just mistaken thinking or you know their own biases yeah and i think that what happens is that you get in this mode where you're like well i have a phd so like i definitely know what i'm talking about oh yeah absolutely and this is definitely true of w gordon allen who did indeed have a PhD and was an electrical engineer. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you, you'd think that, okay, maybe he would have like some kind of skepticism about something, but no, he's like very hysterical <clears throat> in a dull way. <laughs> yeah, I like how a lot of the, what, what 
passes for footage in this is like crank letters that he's written to the government. He's like, oh, I wrote to Colonel blah, blah, blah of the United States Air Force to ask like, why haven't you addressed the question of <laughs> unidentified flying objects? Like we know these things are real. And then he'll get like a really polite letter back saying, "Yeah, you know, um, well, you know, like we've looked into it, but you know, I, I don't even remember just boilerplate. Yeah. Was, yeah. Which I think for the, um, you know, for the conspiratorial minded, that just tends to fuel further fantasies about a cover up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, kind of like the, the, the bland denials, like, well, of course they would say that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say like, because I'm a pretty, pretty well versed in the history of this stuff and everything. I mean, the, the cover up stuff is fueled by some real, mm. real, things that they did i mean there was famously the uh, robertson panel in 1953 in which the cia was like <clears throat> these ufo reports are just overwhelming everything because like there was a huge wave over washington dc um where in um radar stuff and everything and they were like all uh you know this all this stuff is just going to overwhelm our communications and maybe the soviets can take advantage of it so we need to like just make sure that we make this subject as ridiculous in the public eye as possible so that was so like they really did actually try and cover it up for their own personal reasons i mean and some of it kind of made sense why they would do it but then you know some people say well that wasn't the only reason well who knows i don't know <laughs> no i should say i should say that like you are correct and i should also clarify that while i have like um i guess like i'm a mild skeptic about a lot of ufo stuff um maybe yeah. i would it would be right to say that i'm more like agnostic in yeah. that I don't understand a lot of the stuff in very particular depth. So while, you know, obviously you'll see stories which seem patently ridiculous on their face that could probably be dismissed as, um, you know, oh. something that somebody has made up. There's a lot of stuff where I was like, oh, well, I can't explain that. Like, I'm not immediately going to leap to aliens uh, or something. Yeah. Zeta reticuli or whatever, yeah. but <clears throat> excuse me, I don't actually know what this is. And yeah. As a corollary to that, I should also say that I don't put a lot of faith in the United States government to be transparent about what's happening. No, of course not. Yeah. Like that should definitely that should definitely be clear <laughs> is that I don't think that they're necessarily going to be straightforward with us if, you know, whether it's aliens or uh, experimental Craft. military aircraft yeah, or, or yeah. some other or shit that I can't even conceive of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I sometimes wonder why the UFO people even like bother trying to get anything out of the government. I mean, because it's just like, whatever you're going to get, you're not going to get what you want out of it, you know? Well, yeah, it's like working with the cops. It's like, you, exactly. what, are you what are you going to, what do you think you're going to get? Yeah. I don't know. Um, though, I mean, <laughs> they have like, like through, you know, FOIA requests, they found a lot of interesting stuff over the years. But like, again, there's, I mean, sure. there's not, there's nothing that proves anything alien is going on. But there definitely has been proved that the government had interest in things going on. They've used UFOs for their own disinformation purposes over the years too. There's also that, but it's like hard to, I, mm -hmm. I you know, I'm, 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 I, I would say I'm a believer in UFOs. I've, I've, so I studied the subject long enough to think there's something there, but like, I do not know for a fact what is going on or what the full extent of what is going on is. And I always find it really funny when people act with like, either way, like super, scoffing at it or blindly believe in it. it just always has made me kind of like roll my eyes at people 
it's like there's just too much we don't fucking know about stuff yeah i guess that kind of goes back to what i was saying where like if um you know you're someone with like education or advanced degrees or you know any kind of degree of authority it's really easy to like buy into your own bullshit and be like oh well like i can figure this out like i and i've i can even though this isn't my field or i haven't looked into it very far i can just say like definitively like yes it's true or yes it's bullshit yeah Um, i think that um you know to be and the skeptic label is like has become like so distasteful to me anyway yeah this the whole skeptic (laughs) uh quote-unquote movement and the weird yeah it's like it's it's um it's gone from like a useful term to a it's become a like another weird subculture slash identity for people to latch on to you know it's like atheist exactly where i would probably i would generally classify myself as both of those things but i'm not interested in partaking of that community right any way shape or form because you know both of them have shown themselves to be like pretty distasteful even yeah. though like um lots of sex I, pests you, weirdly in the in the those <laughs> sex pests libertarianism yeah um though i repeat myself um yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> yeah even so like I, i'm not a spiritual person i'm not uh i'm not a credulous person though i do try to like weigh evidence to the best of my ability mm-hmm. um so I would probably like fall under those labels, but like, I, I I'm not going to walk around with like the, the letter a or, you yeah. know, be like, Oh man, you know, who's so cool. Michael Shermer or, you know, like any of that. <sighs> crap. Uh, like yeah. Um, <laughs> in the early two thousands, I did spend a lot of time on PZ Myers blog. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I used to be a big, big reader of that blog too. Yeah. Uh, and like, Frangula, I, for Frangula, was it? Frangula, yeah. Frangula, like, and I yeah. don't, I don't think, he's a bad guy i think that he's actually like a pretty reasonable guy for those guys at least i was like his politics are definitely better than most of those guys yeah and like the last that i checked on him he he had not developed turf tendencies he had gone the other way which and i was like oh thank god you know like right off pz myers completely (laughs) yeah because like like a lot of those guys it's like it's mm -hmm. like because you're an expert in one area you could you have that bias of thinking oh i must know about everything you know yeah you turn into richard dawkins oh yeah cautionary tale for everybody (laughs) don't be like that guy yeah he's so embarrassing it's it's kind of funny though because he like gone to like the kooky phase of it like he's not just like annoying he's like kooky annoying almost all all semblance of humor all semblance of anything any self-reflection is just gone and it's just like reacting to people and 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 just looking like an idiot yeah that's true and it, i think it, it it has a lot to do with social media like uh mm-hmm. particularly like i mean like you know i'm gen x and i think like i've assimilated to like the social media world like reasonably well and it isn't like a strict generational divide you'll see like you know millennials and zoomers like acting incredibly extra on social media but i yeah. think it has like a uniquely deranging effect on a lot of uh gen x and older people where they're mm-hmm. not used to being told they're wrong like in yeah. like a idol especially c- especially celebrities and uh and people in authority like yeah absolutely like, it is like puncturing that balloon of theirs and it's like jk rowling you know that kind of like yeah. 
all these celebrities like they get criticized for something and it's just like what are they doing they're ganging up on me they're ah, you know it's yeah like um it was like when brett stevens like popped a rivet and like deleted his account because everyone was calling him a bed bug yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. that was pretty awesome oh god never, never become a new york times columnist guy no just, just don't become it. a pundit just, just stay away from being a pundit just it's it's a brain disease oh my it god is. like I, it just hit me like can you imagine w gordon allen on social media oh he'd my. be a legend oh my god yeah oh my god he uh, would i i and you know it's oh man it's so funny because like um it's almost poignant and this informs a lot of my own podcast is like these glimpses of lost history you know like the tears and rain aspect mm-hmm. yeah. of like people's lives you know in particular like people who made like a singular statement you know they put their all into it um and then just kind of disappeared from the record um yeah. you know like the guy who made the astrologer yeah. or you know any <clears throat> any of these these people who like are known like notorious to a certain degree, but never became like truly famous. And like, all you can see of them are these little bits and pieces. It's like looking back at the history of W. Gordon Allen, you get like this very imperfect picture of the man, but you think that you kind of get a little bit of a feel for him. Yeah. You know, W. Gordon Allen as UFOlogist, um, you know, scientist, author, you know, someone who is proselytizing about the truth about, Mm -hmm flying saucers or what have you um i feel like he absolutely would have taken the social media like a duck to water he would oh yeah no because he like oh my god like getting his message out there every day without the like cumbersome quality of like radio yeah he'd be on youtube all the time yeah oh my god he would he would love it and the guy did have like some production experience because and you know he has like a reasonable he um you know, he appears on camera in this, he uh, does the narration. So, you know, he has, <clears throat> he has the skill set to do it. Um, and in fact, um, let me find this article sure. where uh, he actually got in trouble for being a little too spicy <laughs> on his, on his radio station. Ooh. Because, um, <clears throat> let me, let me see if I can actually find the story. Like what, what happened was that, um, I guess he presented um, some editorials on his station about uh, local police. Then he, I, he actually, um, they actually tried to bring a, a slander suit against him. Oh my God. Because he was not complimentary to like the local chief of police or whatever. <laughs> um, Tell me more. It's, oh Tell my me. God. <laughs> okay, okay. No, this is so funny. Like, this isn't even the one I was talking about, but um, the, uh, okay, so as I said earlier, um, W. Gordon Allen owned the radio station. Hey, gay. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I don't, I don't think it was all queer content all the time, which is no. too bad. Um, too bad, too but. <laughs> but uh, that would have been sick, though. Um, yeah. But yeah, this guy, uh, I guess this guy didn't, care about shooting his mouth off because like i found this story which isn't even related to the one that i was talking about earlier but um robert m bruce manager of radio station kg alleges in a complaint 
that Allen, who formerly owned the radio station, libeled and slandered him in a letter and two private conversations when he falsely stated that Bruce once spent several years in a California mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my Damn, God. like, and okay, so that that guy who, who was the plaintiff was the manager of the radio station. So like, that's, and W. Gordon Allen owned the station. So that's like your boss, like just telling people like, oh yeah, like that guy's, that guy's crazy. Like he was in the loony bin. Oh my God, that's um, hilarious. Now the one that I- He would have been I, great on Twitter, jeez. Oh my God, an absolute king. Yeah. <laughs> absolute <laughs> king. Um. Now, the thing that I was uh, initially thinking of was, you know, the one where he got in trouble uh, for saying, fuck the police. (laughs) Awesome. Um, UFO cab. (laughs) Opposite views were before the Federal Communications Commission Monday as to whether there should be a formal hearing in Salem, Oregon, regarding W. Gordon Allen's radio editorials against the Oregon State Police two years ago. Oh, yeah. Does does it say anything about what he was uh, saying or... Uh, The radio editorials, the FCC Broadcast Bureau's petition said, accuse H.G. Maison, Maison, (laughs) state police superintendent, with intimidating high state officials and railroading officers of the Oregon State Police out of the force if they did not commit illicit acts in order to give Maison a hold over them. I mean, there's no way that's not true. Yeah, of course it's true. It's gotta be. Like, that's like you know uh, believe women yes like i believe w gordon allen yeah there we go <laughs> i'm uh, like i'm sorry there's no way that the oregon state police was not like fucking intimidating people to oh, yeah of course. perpetuate their own interests but yeah so um i guess like uh well, i guess i believe them on all the other stuff too now yeah no, <laughs> I, laughed the, I laughed at the assertion that dolphins are psychic but you know yeah I, I'm well, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of like uh, what was his name, uh, John Lilly, the guy who did yep. experiment. Yeah, of course you've heard. Yeah, the experiments he did with like sensory deprivation, and he became yeah. like convinced there was like some kind of a transmission from Sirius, uh, like a, a robot, like satellite or something from i don't know it was it was, it was very bizarre but That's uh, so cool i like yeah. to imagine that this the satellite from sirius talked like the cylons from Battlestar Galactica. oh yeah yeah by your command you know yeah that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whether whether the dolphins are psychic like i don't know though so. uh, yeah i don't know about that but i mean i loved how he just said it like a fact yeah just established facts dolphins are psychic <laughs> yeah like oh man well i kind of wish he'd made a documentary about the oregon state police because that would have been a very important like accounting of the yeah of the crimes of the because like um i don't i i couldn't find how the suit or even if they went forward with the hearing i don't know if maybe they decided like hey it's free speech yeah um i do know that uh w gordon allen did appear to have um through the 60s like some sort of like monetary problems because if you if you dig into his name you'll find some lawsuits having to do with like you know promissory notes like not paid you know in the amount of like ten thousand dollars or oh yeah um thirty thousand dollars or whatever he did declare bankruptcy in 1967 and then five years or so after that he got in more hot water because he was living in northern california at the time and they were they were trying to ding him for not 
uh, having declared like 75 grand worth of income oh, wow. at the time that he declared bankruptcy. Um, this guy's a fucking king. I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I mean, yeah. God, it's like a book about this guy. Somebody needs to write a fucking biography about him uh, or, or yeah. make a documentary about him. You know? Yeah, like I like I I want to know more, and it, it, again, it's the the like the 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 imperfect picture, the gaps, like you know, the mind like runs riot, and I have to say that um, you know because he seemed so dedicated and sincere in his beliefs, and seems to have been, you know, maybe not one of the like big names in like ufology, but you know, certainly a known quantity. Like yeah. there have to be people who remember him and who could speak on him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, so I mean, call in if you're listening with yeah. the memories of W. Gordon. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to set up an email for people to come in and like comment and send stuff. Nice. Yeah. Especially like, Nobody, uh, um, people don't really comment on our show. Like sometimes they'll say nice things. I've only gotten like a couple of angry comments though. Oh yeah. What are they, what are they any good ones? Any funny ones? Um, or they're just well, like, well, no, you got that wrong. That kind of thing. <laughs> no, actually, like our, our listeners seem to be chill enough that they don't like carp, even though there are a lot of times when I'm like, yo, if I'm wrong, like, please write in and, and let me know. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I hate like spreading misinformation, even if it's like minor stuff. Yeah. But um, one guy got super mad about our Lost Horizon episode. Oh, really? What, what was he mad about? Um, well, he thought we were very crass. Oh. He said that uh, my friend Darren and I were no better than we should be. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, bitch. Um, maybe our show just isn't for you. Yes. Um, but I looked up the guy and he's like a reasonably successful, you know, competent illustrator. And but the big thing is that um, he seems like kind of like a community theater guy because he was in like the touring production of Oliver when he was like 10. Oh, weird. And so I'm he's... like, well, I guess if that were the pinnacle of my stage achievement, like I'd probably be a little cunty too. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> and the thing is, we weren't even that mean to the movie. Like we enjoyed it. It's just like not a fucking good movie. Yeah. Like, there's a reason it flopped. Like personally, I love it, but I'm not like, oh, I love it because it's it's great filmmaking. It's like mm-hmm. pretty poor. <laughs> yeah. Um. W. Gordon Allen. Um. I don't. Uh. I don't know if I've really touched on kind of like the actual content of the documentary because maybe just it's such a it's just like a dog's breakfast of like every crackpot theory possible yeah i mean he starts off he just he gets this weird animation at the beginning like this uh <laughs> it's, it's not even animation yeah it's just like, it's a static just like, picture over footage yeah, yeah they matted a guy in a cockpit like over it's like an airbrush drawing of a guy in a cockpit like matted over like a kind of shitty like animation of a flying saucer and i'm like oh this is gonna be good i could tell yeah <laughs> yeah it, i mean that's what got me when i like i was like making sure like uh check this out see if this is going to be worth watching I'm like okay yeah i think i'll I think I'll, I think I'll stick around for this one but yeah and it goes in and he and, and we were introduced to him it's very standard kind of like 70s documentary host like a really ugly brown background i don't know what it is <laughs> and headroom in that like yes the shot is like this which <laughs> you know like oh this is this is good filmmaking right here like it's it's so funny yeah there's some pretty dope music in there though like some really cool synthy like yeah in search of style like yeah yeah i loved it (laughs) and uh, also some kind of like trippy like like uh poor man's 2001 stuff towards the end with like that uh one section about the omo 
Umo. Umo, yeah, I don't which know. I guess is a planet. Actually, it was proven to be a hoax many years later. It was like the hell you say. <laughs> yes, believe it or not, it was actually all a hoax, and um, it was a pretty elaborate hoax too. It was like a really, it was like mostly done by this one guy in Spain or something. I don't know the whole details, but it was like a very well-known hoax, and it's pretty famous as a hoax. Um, though it was believed by many, of course, at the time. As they um, say, I want to believe. And all, I, I do love that early in there. He just shows us, you know, this is a picture of a UFO. And it's like kind of like a phony looking thing. And he starts talking about like, like he has a map. Isn't that what he had? Like a big map of America. He's pointing out. I love the map because he's obviously spent a lot of time on it. Um, it and it, it, it's a way of um, kind of flagging and collating like all of these different UFO encounters, basically. Yeah. And that's the way you had to do it back then is like you had to buy a map. It was mm-hmm. big enough. You had to like type out all the like encounters on like little pieces of paper and like physically stick them to the Pens, map. yeah. Which, oh my God, it, it rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. You know exactly. I mean, that is kind of the charm of this, even though it's pretty dull at points. It's like the homemade, handcrafted mm. kind of feel of it all. You know. Yeah. Um, also, some of the UFO photos too. Almost all are like proven fakes that he shows in that again the hell you say yeah (laughs) but i love as i was as i was watching i was just like yo these photos look like shit (laughs) yeah that's the funny part about them they are so transparently phony and and and, but that's kind of the charm of them you know they have that you know they're just so chintzy looking and uh and he and he's just like talking about them so seriously you know it's like it, it i love it you know that's the that's the part about the documentary that really speaks to me it's just this utter sincerity about it all yeah and the the really delightful thing about these photos is that you know in a pre um cell phone camera era an era of film photography and you know what um constituted trick photography which is basically like practical effects these are all people like shooting their shot Mm-hmm. you know like ufo immortality they're like you know you had to like make an object yeah make a flying object either a model you, or a picture or like a cutout yeah. or something you had to actually photo actually manipulate the actual you know now you just can do it in photoshop i mean yeah <laughs> and um it's you know it, it it goes all the way back to like um the you know the hoax that conan doyle fell for um the fairies the cottingly fairies cottingly fairies um, you know, people doing like practical effects, like in their backyard or like a, you know, a likely looking location, you know, somebody like somebody was operating the camera and then somebody like hurled the pie plate into the air yeah. and <laughs> they sent a photo. And then there were hundreds of people who like very earnestly studied these images, you know, mm-hmm. like with a jeweler's loop or whatever, like trying to figure out like their authenticity. And a yeah. lot of the time they were like, no, yeah, like I'm convinced this is absolutely genuine. Yeah. It's like, well, yes. And that it's a photograph of a flying uh, object. I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. think there yeah. are grays in that pie plate, but. No, oh, very small grays, I guess. <laughs> Little miniature, miniature grays. grays. Maybe there were minions. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's where they come from, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about the minions <clears throat> mythos, but. Uh... <laughs> they come from hell. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's my head cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would make sense. Um, you know, he he goes he does touches on a bunch of famous like abduction cases and stuff at the time, and like you see he has, uh, illustrations of like what are they're not quite the modern depiction of the gray, but like they're pretty close. It was pretty much coming to a 
consensus or a whatever at that point with the this is what they look like kind of thing there's one yeah. sketch of an alien holding an object and he looks like he's wearing like a sport coat oh um is this the one with like a weird funny hair and like horns coming out or something or is that a different one i'm thinking of <laughs> i just remember like he has like almost like crossed eyes <laughs> and some kind of blazer or sport coat oh yeah like it's I, I know it's his like alien uniform and he's like holding an object that I don't remember was I think I was like starting to dissociate yeah it, like, his voice the, that, that's the one thing about the guy he's an interesting guy but like his voice is just it's just soporific or, you know it's just like makes you want to just go oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is funny for a you know like a radio broadcaster the guy yeah. obviously has experience um yeah. And it's not like this content isn't like interesting. Like even if you don't believe in any of this yeah, stuff, yeah, it's still like, fun. It's, it's fun. It's yeah. interesting. It's, yeah, you're it's like, what the hell is this guy gonna say next? Exactly. You know? but, but it's it's so I and I don't know I don't know if it's his voice plus the presentation and kind of like the kitchen sink approach. Mm -hmm. But you know, I know what it is. It's that this is like a. It's like a proto PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. It almost isn't filmmaking. No, it's it's like it's like something a UFO guy would bring to a UFO conference or like a present presentation he's doing at like you know to people. Yeah. Earnestly. And, yeah, and like all the marks obviously are going to be wrapped. Yes. But anyone else is going to be like, what? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and this is his earnest plea to the world you know like he's making a feature um i don't know if this i don't know if this made it into theaters like i would imagine that he tried very earnestly to you know do like a you know some as big of a release as he could but i can't imagine that he had much access to the normal um normal channels of, of film distribution no. although you know as somebody who was in broadcasting for a while i'm sure he tried to call in favors or whatever but yeah um maybe uh, i'll go to old faithful imdb and see if okay so the there is a release date for this november 5th 1977 in colorado springs colorado so i'm guessing he got it into like a theater oh uh, yeah yeah um and i do know that this uh movie did make it to vhs distribution yeah. um i think I, with some other um ufo documentary materials like just stuck on there as like a package right yeah like hey check this out maybe maybe you'll spend three bucks on this yeah. <laughs> I, I mean i when i was a kid I used to read those ufo magazines and there's like just endless ads in the back where you'd like for send away for this video but now all that stuff's just like filler on amazon prime or hulu or <laughs> netflix you know <laughs> they just like that stuff just fills the that stuff that you used to just have to send out for is now just like just filler everywhere else. It's weird. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> honestly, shout out to uh, a favorite streaming service of uh, the Have You Seen This Crew, uh, Tubi. Um, oh, Tubi. Which... Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really delved into the documentary servings of Tubi yet. So. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> Tubi is great because, you know, it's everything's free to watch with ads. You know, that's like a yeah. minor annoyance you can put up with. Um, they will have some very choice cuts on there. Um, they do get good movies on there yeah. um but With a lot of filler too yeah yeah literally any crank documentary about the illuminati or the Whatever. federal reserve or yeah. <laughs> aliens or zombies or uh, you know some of like the the more current bet noirs like gmos um, yeah 
you can find it on vaccination TV. So, stuff i'm sure too Anti- yeah. yeah so i doubt that you will run dry of material anytime soon for this show but you know if you're ever like stuck you know just check out Tubi because there's some wild shit on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i will have to check it out so w gordon allen uh, again absolute king absolute king and um one of the things i found interesting was like it's something that I see in a lot of UFO material because I, th- I feel like in a lot of ways, even the crazy hoaxers were kind of like, like a lot of them were just were like kooky new age or proto new age, like idealists who wanted to like make a utopia, but they were like using UFO stuff as a kind of like a way to do that. You know? Yes. That's what that Umo section of this feels like. Cause like the first part of the movie is mostly, you know, um, mostly just talking about sightings and then, I don't know. Like, honestly, that the first part of that movie really just gla- glazed over me after a while. I just could not. It's not a very structured film. Um, no. It does have that PowerPoint feel of just, I'm just going to throw all the information I have into this movie because this is my shot at getting my message out, which is why you have the dolphins, you have Yuri Geller, you have the planet of Yumo or whatever it is. Umo, Yumo, um, Umo. God, I don't know. I've always, I've always pronounced it in my head whenever I saw a thing about it as Umo. Cause it looks like Umo, like Gummo. Yeah. Yeah. The exactly. Planet Gummo. Planet, oh my God. Very dark <laughs> the, planet. <laughs> the, the planet that Harmony Corinne came from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I would believe it too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it really is like a throw everything in the wall and see what sticks approach. Um, and you know, maybe that's why it does kind of tend to wash over the viewer because it is so unstructured. It's like, hey, look at this. Hey, look at these photos. Hey, look at these letters that I sent to Colonel Blepp of the yeah, Air Force Academy yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and like, apparently, W. Gordon Allen was in the Navy himself. He did mm-hmm. serve. Um, yeah. I imagine they, a lot of people of his generation probably. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like all those, um, I guess, uh, would, I think he was born in like, 1920 so is does that count a silent generation i don't remember uh, I, I don't i don't know i think it's probably more great quote-unquote greatest generation i think the coolest generation yeah this the sickest generation <laughs> um yeah so you know he definitely did serve i believe as a radio operator which fits yeah. um because he did go into it as a profession um so and it does make you wonder Again, like these, you know, delightful little glimpses of the man who has since left us. Um, you know, he was in the U.S. military, so, you know, he was familiar with it. Um, but you do, your mind does like conjure these scenarios of like, you know, when you get, um, you know, very straight laced kind of military people like confronted with uh, a compatriot or comrade in arms who's like, kind of like sliding off the deep end a little bit mm-hmm. you know or like yeah, yeah like i knew that guy when we both served in okinawa and he got really into ufo shit and yeah i don't know what he's doing now it, like it it does it does boggle the mind a little bit yeah oh well i mean my dad was an army guy so um but uh he actually has a ufo interesting ufo story um i'll probably tell it on the pod it's not really that great it's just like he saw something in a classified magazine weirdly like they actually have classified magazines in the army well i would say a story like that is probably more like um credible yeah in that case 
Yeah. Oh, you know, instant information. Yeah. Well, it was about a famous case in Iran in uh, the 70s. It was like one of the better documented, one of the actually genuinely like, what the hell is this? Because like, right, right, right. Like there was like a bunch of UFO sightings over uh, Tehran and then the the government uh, uh, deployed a bunch of fighters to go after it. And they went after this craft and it, and it shot some kind of light that just de- that actually just de that shut off their weapons. They were about to try and fire weapons on it, and it just shut off their weapons. That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah, like but, some uh, day, like um, day of the earth stood still. Shit. Oh yeah, no, there's a there. I mean, a lot of the more credible accounts of military stuff, kind of like what we're seeing in the news now a little bit, is that that's actually the kind of thing that they're they do. Apparently, they tend to be like they show up a lot around. Um military installations or and nuclear mm-hmm. installations and there's rumors that they've shut off nuclear device i mean i don't know that's but uh, where were they when chernobyl happened like they yeah. should have been paying attention to like reactor four or whatever yeah i don't know yeah. exactly <laughs> i know it's like yeah Fuku- yeah what's a uh, fukushima all that stuff like yeah. why weren't they there but i, mean, I kid it- the aliens i know they're doing the best that they can yeah. like <laughs> they can't race. They, they can't, can't plug every little leak with their many thumbs. Exactly right. So um, please don't don't shoot me with a, a technologically advanced weapon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, and I like those kind of narratives because of what they suggest, like, you know, whether true or not, um, they do show like a yearning for peace. Yes. And I, I think that, that that's that's one of the things you see in a lot of, especially the older proto kooky new age people from like the 50s and 60s like a lot of the early contactees though a lot of them were also like kind of like borderline nazi people too so it was also that so it was like a weird combination of stuff (laughs) but you know a lot of it was very but a lot of it there was definitely kind of like a that's i mean that's actually why the government was like investigating a lot of them because a lot of them were like could suspected to be like you know communists like uh some kind of communist plot or some kind of communist infiltration thing yeah of course typical yeah so the military <laughs> sees everything so what's more dangerous aliens or communists yes communist aliens is the answer yeah exactly uh those guys sound cool i want to hang out with those guys yeah i know exactly that'd be cool like but uh the uh the utopian like thing is that's definitely is a big strain in there there's also of course the more paranoid reactionary strain in a lot of the uh, stuff too and often simultaneously <laughs> that's true and i'm curious to hear how you would classify w gordon allen's approach in this particular feature like i don't know if i could um i you know it's not necessarily the most optimistic approach but it's not like he's saying like oh these are threats right i just don't understand what they're doing yeah yeah i mean at the like throughout the film he's like He's actually a huge booster of the concept that there's some kind of force sent by interdimensional beings or something like that, more than aliens from another planet. Oh, that's like the, his whole the, the eth- what is it, Etherian? Etherians, yeah, yeah. Not so like, not the cryptocurrency. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's I think he, it's it's a like he talks like he's like again it's one of the many many things he's he takes stuff from is uh, I think Rudolf Steiner or something you know the or the mm-hmm. german occultist guy and uh so he's taking a lot of like so he takes a lot of that stuff like uh 
from him and a lot of i mean you know, oh and wilhelm reich too because you know oh, yeah the orgone yeah the orgone, orgone. it's like yeah orgone too like why not of course i mean <laughs> of course or yeah right yeah he of course famously himself was obsessed with ufos too which again begs the question did w gordon allen possess an orgone accumulator he probably had to oh I mean, my god I, he probably did i mean I mean, there, yeah, there's that guy, there's that, there's that one guy, uh, he, he shows, this is a ufologist named such and such, and he had like a beret on, it's like, it pretty hilarious. <laughs> it was like, I think he was shooting like one of those, I, I don't know if it's, I don't, I mean, I don't know all the, all those, those bright tech things like the, or it was, I know there's the Oregon accumulator, there's the cloud buster things, uh, maybe it was one of those, I don't know. It just always makes me think of Kate Bush. Which, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Like, we love Kate Bush. Of Organon. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, um, but uh yeah, so of course, I mean, of course he believes in or uh, Orgon and William Reich stuff. I mean, of course he does. And we're we're going all over the place with this, but like he, he the so doc- does he. Yeah, exactly. It fits it, the topic. <laughs> he just he just he yeah, the documentary just goes from one thing to another. There's really no there's no like it doesn't really uh, build to any kind of climax or cumulative argument or anything it's just that's also true and which is kind of um maybe emblematic of someone who is a briefly a broadcaster but not really a storyteller right right there are interview snippets throughout this where you know obviously he had like a you know a small crew or like a camera person mm-hmm. maybe an auto person they went out and like actually talked to somebody about their their ufo experience alleged experience yeah there's, right. yeah there's like one actually one interview i think two interviews maybe there's like that really tall guy so like <laughs> oh yeah the guy who kind of looks like abraham lincoln without a beard yeah 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 i was thinking i was thinking like the giant from twin peaks or something i got that vibe from him because he was like towering <laughs> over alan or whatever you know yeah. it was like it was just like it was kind of like a really funny shot but like that guy was just like talking about how like, he's detecting some kind of pattern in the way the ufo sightings were distributed or something but yeah and like the the glimpses of absolutely ghastly 70s interior design yeah everything is just brown just brown wood paneling brown and yeah and like exactly like the paneling like not even like um you know kind of like the broke like conversation pit corner fireplace kind of um design that you would get in the 70s it's like oh here's a trailer that's paneled yeah exactly it's kind it of like my like old shit yeah it looks like yeah. my old bedroom because my you know i think my my um the house i grew up in uh for most of my adolescence <laughs> was built in the 70s so it was like it used to it was formerly a recreation room and then my dad turned yeah. it to a half thing so one of it, one half of it was my room and like it was just, yeah so ugly just ugly paneling kind of yeah that is so cool you could have shot like one of those creepy calvin klein ads down there oh oh god yeah oh yeah the lighting the fl- yeah i even had like yeah i had like fluorescent overhead lighting and everything it looked it looked really i i did shoot a lot of like uh, movies when i was a kid there but that's so cool that's yeah. that's 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 i love that like you know any kid who like does the aspiring filmmaker thing in their house or their backyard oh yeah yeah so i did fun. i did a bunch of those one of them's a ufo documentary i mean yeah oh my god that's so cute i would love to see it yeah, yeah. fake dog fake it's a it's a mockumentary you know i was very into spinal tap as a kid that was like my favorite movie as a teenager that's a great thing to be into because it really like that's kind of like the gold standard for for mockumentary yes yeah it, it's it's so good um, this could this this could have been like a really good 
mockumentary, but it's so dull. Yeah, exactly. You know, just the fact that there's like 15 minutes of Yuri Geller footage. Yeah, and it's like it barely has anything to do with UFOs. Like any, like he he talks about UFOs for a second. Like he, yeah, he he of course mentions that he is very credulous about UFOs, but then it's like, oh, like he can. Well, uh, I guess that really the reason to include the Yuri Geller stuff is because it's like, uh, and again, like this just like washed over my brain, like yeah, you know, a wave of boredom. But it's like, oh, he can bend keys. Like this is some kind of like energy thing. Yeah, um, it's connecting to some kind of overall thesis about <laughs> bioenergy or something. Which I think is his tenuous connection to the Etherians. Yeah, it's very loose connected dots of all this stuff. He's just trying to like, yeah. <laughs> have you, you know, as like kind of like a student of, um, you know, UFO stuff, like have you, is is there um, much of, um, is there any kind of accumulation of information about the Etherians? Like, is this a popular theory or is this? No, like, no, no. The Etherian itself? thing is, is I think a, just a very specific, like occultist kind of idea. I mean, right. There's a lot of like similar, I mean, obviously there's the interdimensional hypothesis about UFOs, like the idea that they're from a parallel universe. This is probably the closest to the one I, I subscribe to about it. Right. Because like these phenomena never really stay in the UFO lane either like they always bleed into other phenomenon which mm-hmm. is kind of like what this documentary actually kind of captures but at the same time <laughs> not in the most credible way but like like a lot of times there's like actually a multitude of things happening in a certain area where it's like not just UFO sightings you also have like cryptid sightings and then right things like that and it's just it's interesting a lot of people have noticed that pattern over the years and have made like a theories about it and stuff like John Keel the Mothman guy um and uh right Jacques Vallée the French ufologist I'm trying to trying to sum up all this stuff it's that's that one thing about UFOs I must say is like there's there's it is one of the biggest bodies of information you can imagine about something there's like so much of it and a lot of it is complete horseshit and there's some really interesting stuff in the middle of it and it's if you're like me you've wait you wait you've waited through all of it all your life so you just kind of have absorbed a lot of it but it's hard to convey specific things because sure. there's so you're talking about 70 80 years of history at this point with this stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah mm-hmm. because when um i was prepping a little bit for for the show last night and i was i was curious because i was like you know how far does the actual abduction um uh how far do abduction stories go? Because um, yeah. there is a mention of, I guess one of the, I gather that one of the more prominent um, alleged abductees is this guy, Travis Walton. Yeah. From, we do yeah. talk about in, fire in the sky. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I was like, Oh fuck fire in the sky. I should have picked fire in the sky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, if you, I mean, uh, yeah, that that's uh, an interesting movie for a lot of reasons. Um, mostly because like the actual d- abduction depicted in it, is nothing like what he actually described and it's like they though that's, at the same no i would like just really quickly before you go on like that's too bad because that's the most arresting part of the film yeah it is an amazing scene like it is yeah. like one of my favorite like i th- i mean the movie itself is just kind of like okay well, whatever i mean it's, it's, it, it's pretty dull yeah yeah it's it's just a story about it's like a tv movie of the week it's nice looking but it's just yeah but the actual abduction scene is like amazing it is like really one yeah. of the best depictions of probably how it feels to be like a lab rat 
I mean, yeah. it's truly frightening <laughs> and, and and really well done. And you know, it's ILM doing all the effects. So it's like top notch, cool. Yeah, looking. made a huge impression on me and my high school best friend. And in fact, still best friend. We've known each other since we were 10, but we were both like really obsessed with X-Files at the time. Oh, yeah. And we rented it. We're like, oh, my God, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 so like that the, the Travis Walton thing is interesting because like it's it's really kind of hard to say whether he believes what he's doing or not like i know that people who the guys who saw the ufo i, I it generally seems like they saw something and then yes but th- and then he disappeared and I, whether he actually was on a ufo i don't know well mm. i could probably talk at you for like another like two hours about like abduction and like kind of people reliving trauma and experiences of trauma because like i find it very interesting like people's subjective experiences of trauma and um, things which are usually treated as um, confabulations or yeah. you know, um, lying. Um, but God, like, I, I don't want to hijack your show any more than I already have. But um, yeah, like the Travis Walton thing um, led me to, while I was prepping for this show, to look up like abductions and see how far they really went back. Because I was like, I can't imagine that these, this specific type of, of abduction or you know assault or whatever would go back much farther than the 20th century because it's like where would the you know if we're taking the point of view that um you know these are people's um uh we'll call them narratives Mm -hmm. of you know yeah uh alien contact yeah you know if we're starting from that i can't imagine they would go back much further than the 20th century because like where would you get the framework for it like um yeah you know, it really didn't start to come into being until like uh, the 40s and 50s because the idea of space travelers was a right. pretty novel one. I would imagine that a lot of, you know, if anybody had like some kind of strange encounter with a, an unearthly being, like in previous times, it would have been ascribed to some kind of religious experience. And in fact, there is a point in fucking Overlords of the UFO where uh alan asserts that hey maybe the angel moroni was some kind of like alien or interdimensional being it was like yeah, yeah. why the fuck not like joseph smith like saw an alien like let's why just... not yeah. yeah honestly he has a lot in common with a lot of the early contactee huckster types like he really does i yeah. mean i mean um that kind of thing like you know i saw this thing they brought me down this knowledge you know follow me and i'll that actually yeah. I mean, it makes kind of sense i mean um <clears throat> The contactees were very much speaking, and talk about the fifties con, early fifties contactees like the mm-hmm. George Adamski and like uh, uh, George Van Tassel and all these other kooky people. Like he, the the guy who built the um the big, you know, in California, where your neck of the woods, there's like a mm-hmm. desert, the a Terratron or something like that. There's like a big That's desert. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was. It was built by a contactee. You know, he was like one of the right. famous ones in the early fifties. Yeah. There's like a there's a bunch of them. There's like that, that lasted well into the sixties. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, you know, again, like these uh, narratives seem to be very informed by uh, mainstream cinema and television. Oh, absolutely. That that makes sense. But I do remember seeing, like, because you know, you you go to your um, handy dandy Wikipedia list, you know, where somebody's like collated all the encounters, and there were mm-hmm. were apparently like some people in like 1897 who like had some kind of weird encounter with some kind of being and it's not exact it's not like 
you know, it doesn't have that hard sci-fi feel, but it's like damn close. And I was like, oh, that's strange because like, you know, if you look at the accounts of, um, you know, uh, close encounters like through the centuries or whatever, it's usually like, oh, well, we saw something fucked up in the sky. It was mm -hmm. like, it might've been a comet, but we don't know, you mm -hmm. know, but it's interesting how at some point it became stories about oh like not only have we contacted these beings but they're abducting us yes and it speaks to like this um and i don't know anything about it this is me just talking out loud about it but i would guess it has it has a lot to do with like uh, kind of like a you know like a cultural paranoia that started to sink into the the human psyche at some point in the 20th century yeah well um what you're describing though like a lot there there's actually a lot of accounts like that that like sound kind of akin to an alien abduction but they're not quite that because the trappings are a little different well um like the who i mentioned earlier jacques valet he was a french astronomer and computer scientist he actually was like partially one of the people who was uh, responsible for like building the stuff that led to the internet um and he That's cool. uh, yeah he was a, he, i mean he's a, he's He's, he was, uh, he was kind of like a protege of J. Allen Hynek, the famous astronomer, uh, blue book guy who went from being a skeptic to being like a, one of the major people saying, Hey, yeah, they're real. But like, he wasn't like a, he's a, but his theory was like, he had like, um, he's written a series of books about the way that this phenomenon tends to have like a kind of a shape shifting kind of like molds itself to the experiences or the preconceptions of the time it is in but like there's a core kind of like series of experiences or or, or you know encounters and stuff and it like that stuff's very interesting like he connects a lot of it to fairy lore and uh you know there's also a wave of airship sightings in the late 19th century um yeah like people like this it was just like a lot like the ufo stuff like you know people would see these things in the sky sometimes people would come down from them but they're usually depicted as humans like but like it was like a similar kind of wave of of uh sightings of, of these things like so and like in world war ii there was a you know the foo fighters i don't know i don't know if you've ever heard of these not the band <laughs> obviously yeah i was like wow they've been around longer than even nirvana i'll be dead yeah 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 um but no um they're named after these balls of light or craft that would like follow plane and the u.s military was was not sure what they were and the germans did not know what they were and the japanese did not know what they were so it's kind of like one of those things where like it kind of led into the ufo era but the modern ufo era begins like with uh the kenneth arnold sighting in 1947 which was in mm -hmm. june and then that's the one that started it it does fascinate me the way that the narratives kind of changed maybe it has to do with uh like i always think of um <clears throat> you know like the the devils of loudon you know, the the eldest Huxley book, you know, which they based the movie The Devils on. Um, oh, 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 okay, yeah, not interesting, yeah, 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 and the Ken how, Russell like, movie, yeah, and great, great fucking movie, absolutely yeah. see, um, in as complete a form as you can get it. Um, but how, like, for a certain period of man's history, like, it seemed to be all about like religious experiences, and then mm -hmm. you know, like, once you pass like the Age of Enlightenment and all that shit, like, no, it's yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's like technological. Tech tech paranoia and like tech like and there's so much to unpack there and again like i could talk about it for like another like six hours but i'll yeah. spare you but it's just <laughs> it, you know like uh maybe w gordon allen just kind of like embodies that as like you know truly a man of the the 20th century 
he obviously had a lot of knowledge you know we could have a debate about the quality of that yeah <laughs> and maybe like the the rigor of his scientific inquiry <laughs> but it's certainly like a vast body of knowledge and he must have known people in the community like i'm gonna have to like dig into him a little more um because Absolutely. it's I mean, there is also another, I guess, I guess another figure who's like kind of prominent in the UFO world, this guy, um, Stanton Friedman. Yeah, he was an interesting guy. He was the one who broke the Roswell thing. Like Ro people don't forget that Roswell was actually oh, damn. one of those. Roswell was one of those things that was like completely forgotten about. It was like the, the government says they had a flying saucer and they said, oh, it's just a balloon. And then that was it. Didn't somebody in the military say like, oh, yeah, that was a cover story. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they said it was a cover story, and then they said, oh, it was a balloon. It was another, it was just another kind of balloon. It's, there's just too much crap accumulated over it, so it's, like, really hard to really... Yeah, it's it's kind of like, um, you know, like, uh, to speak of, like, a famous moral panic, the McMartin Preschool. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which, um, and if you look back, and, and this is this is a little bit of a side note, but I will... I will say it because I think it's important. A lot of these satanic panic cases, mm -hmm. um, if you look back on them, they're, it's, they're not entirely bullshit. The problem is that a lot of bullshit accumulated around them. Yeah. And, you know, with the McMartin preschool, um, there's so much trash, so much mismanagement of the case, so much um, law enforcement malfeasance so much judicial malfeasance that i don't think you're ever going to get to the fucking truth exactly a lot of those like ritual abuse kind of things probably could have plausibly started as real cases of oh yeah like regular absolutely. abuse there were there were many which were you know where um suspects got railroaded um there was a you know like a, uh, a famous case in in san diego where a man with like a he had like a a, de a de developmental disability and yeah. he was absolutely railroaded by the cops so you would get like um, miscarriages of justice like that yeah but then you get other cases where it's like it's actually plausible that you know so, the person in question like did abuse children it's just that there's it's like no what he didn't take them up in a hot air balloon yeah, yeah. They weren't like forced to eat a baby in a tunnel. In yeah. House or and yeah. there was like a tremendous disservice done to the, the child victims because, you know, they weren't interviewed properly. They weren't treated mm. properly, like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's pro it's probably like about time that um, people to look back at some of these satanic panic cases. You do see there are some people working on that, like one being like Dr. Ross Chait, who I, I recommend his writing very highly. Mm -hmm. um but i think it's kind of the same thing as like the roswell case where there's just like so much like kind of like cultural pollution around it it's mm -hmm. like and i'm sure like i mean can you imagine like you know not to pity the u.s government but they've got to be like so sick of it where it's like you know we made up a lie that we thought would make it go away and then instead we turned it into like a cultural phenomenon exactly i mean I, <laughs> it, it, that's the thing about these things when people are talking about like disinformation and stuff like that i mean i think often people overestimate the amount of disinformation because it's unnecessary to explain how this stuff gains a momentum of its own no absolutely like i think there's um i mean like as, as human beings like we love gossip yeah uh, like it's i think it's hardwired in us to like you know make these kind of um to make these kind of narratives to like make these kind of social connections we're very curious we got big stupid brains like of course these things are going to run away with us yeah 
and um so that just there's like a natural bit of obfuscation and there's obfuscation that's intentional but again it's hard to tell when you get to a certain point with this stuff yes Um, stories and counter stories and rumors and then you have you know movies and, and narratives about it just it becomes almost impossible to really discern what's going on you know it's at a point where like you know even if you try to um, I mean, you can't obviously can't start with a, a clean slate, but even if you try to clear your brain, go back to original documents, um, cut out kind of the latter um, fabrications and embroidery on a story, like you're still left with very little. The, sig- the signal to noise ratio, that's another good way of putting it. Yeah. And, um, and it's a shame because it's like W. Gordon Allen like dug up all this really interesting stuff, but it's yeah. almost like he doesn't, I mean, he thinks he knows what to do with it. He's like, I'm just going to push it all at the viewer. They're curious. They'll make up their own minds. But instead, you end up with kind of like a, a meatloaf of ideas. Yeah, it's it, it, that's actually one of the words I thought of when I saw this. It's like just a, it's like a. It's like, it's a slurry of yeah. ideas. And I don't know if, um, let's see if they put any quotes. No, I don't think they put any quotes on um, IMDb, but the. The tagline, which I guess this must have appeared on posters, if there were posters for it, is proof the ETs have found us and they're not all friendly. That really has almost nothing to do with the actual movie. I love that. (laughs) That sounds like VHS copy to me, to be honest, with the mention of ET. Yeah, because he's like very insistent in this film that it's not just ET, it's the Ethereans or the, uh... sorry, my brain just like no no worries okay it's it's this documentary it will melt your brain yeah but um i you know i've already monopolized so much of yours and the listeners time um i don't know how much longer you want me to keep talking at you but i did want to tell the story which you reminded me of i had my own close encounter with ufo people (laughs) i love it this is this is very funny so um i i grew up in uh ventura county california um, and as a an annoying, snotty, little precocious, gifted child with an artistic bent, um, I used to enter the Ventura County Fair every year mm-hmm. with my artwork. Yeah. Um, and one year, this would have been when I was in 10th grade, mm-hmm. so I was about 15 or so, um, I was taking an advanced placement art class, and one day... Um, my teacher, uh, Jerry Sawitz, shouts, shouts out, very good artist who supported me um, and did very well for himself as an illustrator. Nice. He walked us through a little kind of like mind exercise where he said, I want you all, you know, we were all sitting around our tables. I want you all to close your eyes and, you know, we're going to, I'm going to walk you through this like imagining. Uh, it was like, I don't remember the route that you took to get there but it was like oh you you know something like you walk through a forest and there's mm-hmm. a door or whatever and you open the door now draw what you see from the door and my best friend and i were super into the x-files at the time oh yeah i mean i yeah same <laughs> yeah which you know it's a great show and so you know that that kind of iconography like was looming large in our minds at the time. So what I imagined was, and let me see if I can describe this. This was an oil pastel piece. It was really large, like bigger, uh, bigger even than, I, I want to say bigger than 18 by 24. It was, it was big, but um, 
it the bottom of the picture like the bottom third was like a a bunch of like colorful volcanic cones like mm. some of which were exuding steam and then like a i want to say like a star field or some kind of like atmospheric uh sky mm-hmm. with stars in different colors and then in the top right corner there was a portal with like a gray alien kind of like stepping through it oh dope that was so like cool. a handout yeah because and i literally just drew this because i liked the x-files and i thought the gray alien thing was cool yeah, yeah. and you know it was kind of like a neat like tableau and i entered this in the ventura county fair i don't remember if i got a ribbon or not i might have gotten like honorable mention or something yeah but after the fair uh we got a if it's like a phone call or you know maybe maybe this was a time when you could like look people up in the yellow pages because this would have been oh geez like the mid 90s yeah we get this phone call and they're like hi this is blah 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 from uh the local chapter of mufon we were wondering if we could come meet with you about this picture that you drew and i'm kind of amazed that my parents said sure to this because like yeah you don't know what you're in for here (laughs) like what's 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 MUFON you know yeah um and I guess like there I guess there are chapters across yeah 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 the headquarters uh I think it's like in Illinois maybe Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. or something like that I don't know somewhere but yeah it's it's the mutual UFO network so there are like chapters around the country for that yeah right it's 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 probably the biggest UFO organization at least as far as those things exist now still (laughs) yes which is what we learned at the time because we had never heard of this organization until these guys from our local chat i guess like the ventura county chapter appropriately enough mufon is mentioned in about and featured in several x-files episodes actually there you go well because yeah yeah, they're they're big juju in the the ufo community um yeah they, (laughs) they uh and i'm now I'm I'm wondering if like the Ventura County chapter is like still still active. I'll have to look them up. Who knows? But um, <laughs> they so a couple of guys mm-hmm. came to our house. Um, pretty much what you would picture. Yeah. <laughs> as you know, UFO enthusiasts like you know kind of like middle aged like uh, soft bodied gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of nerdy in in uh, mean and manner and what yeah. have you. And they wanted to talk to me about that picture. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I drew it from my art class. Uh, you know, we did like kind of like a little visualization exercise and I came up with this. And then they very sincerely started asking me if I, if they were like, have you had dreams about any kind of encounter? Uh, have you seen any of these beings in, in your dreams? And that was when, and you know, my parent, uh, my, I remember my mom being present and that was the point when she and I both like put the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. I just made, I just straight up made this up. Like I didn't like, yeah. I didn't meet this guy in the picture. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I don't know him. Uh, he did not introduce himself at any point. I I've not, I've never seen um, a, a field of volcanic cones exuding smoke, whether yeah. in my dreams or in, in well, I guess you're life. lucky the Scientology people didn't come because of the volcanoes. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like imagine, imagine if they tried to like audit me 
Oh my god. But I, you know, I, I was always a skeptical little, little shit, so I would have called bullshit on that right away too. But um, yeah. but you know, the thing was, is like I didn't want to be mean to these guys. Yeah. Because, like, uh, even when I th- and even when I think somebody's full of shit, it's like, I don't want to be mean to their face. And it's like, these seem like perfectly pleasant guys with like an arcane interest. So it's just like, oh no, no, like, uh, like I didn't experience this. This is just like made up out of whole cloth. And then we actually gave them the picture. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't know if it was be- like, they didn't ask for it because you know, that I think that would have been too forward, but, and I don't know if maybe it was just trying to be nice. Like, you know, I felt like these guys had like wasted their time. Yeah. You know, they yeah. Thought maybe there had been an encounter and they wanted to like, they thought they were gonna have like a great um story to follow up on but i was like oh no you know you can have it because and like um uh it, you know because like at the time i was into like you know not just the x-files but like the beatles and stuff like that you know if it had yeah. been like some of my fan art i would have kept it but you know i was like no oh, yeah hey you, you, yeah. you can have it and yeah they were they were really excited to have it and i think they took it back i believe they said that they hung it up in their office or something i don't know if it's still in the in the possession of the Ventura County chapter of MUFON. If anybody knows and can, uh, uh, you know, inform me, I would be curious. Like maybe I'll get in touch and just, you know, kind of ask. Um, but yeah, that was that was my lone encounter with um, kind of the UFO community. Yeah, yeah, that is freaking mm. hilarious though. I love that story. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very charming because, you know, these were like such like, you know, just kind of like well-meaning guys. And like, you know, yeah. even though, um, you know probably at the time like you know knowing myself is kind of like a you know shitty little larva in a conservative household i'm sure that my beliefs were much more adamant about like no all of this is bullshit it's nonsense you know um uh, you know but we didn't even laugh at these guys because they just seemed like really nice um if you're out there you know give us a shout out or you know hit me at um info at have you seen dot us um (laughs) talk about your like you know your last like you know 20, i love an update on this yeah yeah your last 20 25 years of um you know like ufo experience in the ventura county area. yeah to see their <laughs> i'd love to see their side of it like yeah. yeah that'd be funny i mean like i wonder if they even believe did they seem to like take your word for it or were they like oh sure 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 no i think i think they could tell that i was i was sincere and that i wasn't like um you know, trying to cover up a traumatic event. Yeah, that yeah. Want to yeah. relive or something because I'm guessing that you know, if these guys were enthusiasts, they'd probably talk to other people. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can say what you want about like what they believe, but you know, they probably knew when a story would like pass the sniff test or not. Yeah. Because that's and that's the thing that I do find interesting about um, you know accounts of abduction and stuff like that, and it does kind of tie into like how we treat. Um, you know especially like victims of sexual assault yeah in our society where um you have the narrative of like the perfect victim right and then you have people who can be disbelieved because they're not credible right um and like a lot of times like you'll have or you you know you'll have the people who kind of become like a punching bag for kiwi farmers or stuff like that because they're obvious like they're 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 fabulous or you know they have like munchausen syndrome or whatever and it's like well okay like this person has obviously told a lot of lies in their life but there's clearly something wrong yeah maybe they're not articulating it but there is some kind of trauma underlying this yeah and i think in a lot of cases and 
I can't say with total confidence because I don't think I've looked into it as much depth as you have, yeah. but like the few that I have, um, there does appear to be some kind of traumatic experience that the, you know, alleged abductee is trying to articulate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people who are liars or who get, um, you know, are often like uh, dismissed as being unreliable. It's often people who are dealing with like some kind of like mental illness Mm -hmm. or some kind of trauma that they haven't assimilated yeah you know? oh absolutely so it's like well they might not be right about that but it's like there's this person is obviously like crying out in some way yeah yeah for sure. in my case i was not crying out i was like a, a very materially comfortable like yeah. you know middle class like a little suburban pudding but yeah. you know i would <laughs> guess that these mufon guys like maybe they had seen people who were traumatized in some way and oh, you know yeah. they articulated their trauma as like an alien encounter i yeah. don't know that is something that i think is overlooked a lot uh, abductees i mean they're obviously a few that become famous you know mm -hmm. but most of them aren't like seeking fame they're like just people who've had a weird thing that happened to them or a series of weird things or they've had an, something that has caused this disturbance in their life mm -hmm. you know and and uh you know there, there are hoaxers there are you know complete fabulists and deluded people but i mean there's there's people who are trying to say something like you said you know yeah and um there is like there is a different difference between the people who are grifters and the people who are simply trying to be heard right and i don't want to discount like all the people who actually are grifters and hoaxers because there are people who do this for like some kind of like material gain which mm -hmm. Even, you know, on some level, even that is understandable, like in, you know, a society which has kind of like trained us all to like grab for every crumb. Yeah. That yeah. we can. At um, least, at least I kind of respect the people who are at least creative about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, you know, some people are just like malign bullshit artists and they, mm. they don't, they don't care how they get yeah. money or attention and they don't, and you know, like those are the bad, you know, the people who they will actually like hurt people or spread misinformation. Yeah to yeah. get noticed or gain something out of it you know obviously that's bad but you know you do have like the segment of people who just like most people want to be validated and i think some of them just want to be validated yeah yeah for sure yeah there's a lot i mean there's a lot of interesting variations within this whole spectrum of people who report mm -hmm. these things like uh i've always been very fascinated by the by whitley streber the horror author you know the comedian guy oh always, man yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I find him incredibly fascinating because he's like a super articulate. He's actually a pretty decent writer. Like his novels are pretty mm -hmm. well written. He's not like a, he's not like, I mean, he was like at one point probably going to be the next Stephen King and then his career got derailed by this UFO thing, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, it doesn't mean what he's, I, from what I gather, it seems like he really believes what he's saying, but at the same time, it's just like, it's hard to say what actually happened. What's funny with him, though, is that he got, I mean, well, it's not funny to hit to him, but he got so mad when South Park did the anal probe stuff in the in that first episode. He was apparently very, very personally offended oh, no. because you got to understand <laughs> Communion is the book that introduced that to the public. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, well, because I mean, it's actually something many abductees have you know, reported, you know, as that they've had sperm collected by having a probe put up yeah. in the rectum, like kind of like cattle. And yeah, that's like often a component of these stories is some kind of like um, sexual. And, in fact, yeah. Have you seen um, 
Starship Invasions, I think it's called, with uh, Christopher Lee. Uh, no, I have not. And um, there was actually a riff tracks of it that's very entertaining, but it's uh, it's it's kind of an entertaining movie in its own right, and it came out the same year as Star Wars, which makes it even funnier. Oh wow! Um, but it's this very—I've never heard of this one. It's a very earnest story about um, uh, a series of abductions, mm-hmm. uh, one of which culminates in a farmer's suicide, and um, oh wow, the. Uh, and yeah. Robert Vaughn plays a like a, a guy who's interested in UFOs who's like trying to figure out like what's going on and like he gets taken up into the ship and it's 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 very silly but extremely earnest and you know so it does mm-hmm. have like some some camp value in that respect but like yeah like one of the um because you know um with my superficial knowledge of kind of like you know UFO narratives you're like mm-hmm. oh yeah this is absolutely like by the book it's like you know some like yokel farmer gets like taken up uh into the ship um he's examined and then they bring out a super hot lady alien Mm -hmm. he has sex with him that's uh, actually the very first i would say modern reported abduction which happened in brazil in the 50s that's right yeah yeah this guy named I think it was Antonio Villas Boas or something like that. Via Boas or something. Via like Boas, that. yeah, yeah. He said that he was working in the field or something, and then a UFO came down, and the beings came out, abducted him, and put him in a room, and then a short-statured, blonde alien being came and basically had sex with him, and apparently throughout the whole thing <laughs> was barking, making weird barking noises or something. It was a weird. He must have given her some good dick. Yeah, I, I swear. I, and and um, apparently she, when... Yeah, when I fucked an alien. I made her come like six times. Also, when it was over, she pointed to her belly and then pointed up at the sky as if like just like saying, I'm having your baby in space or something like that. Ah. But it is one of the most interesting encounters because it's like one of those things. It was not widely reported until like well after like the Betty and Barney Hill stuff had become famous. Right. So it was like, it was just like this obscure account, but it had all the hallmarks of all the later ones, which is really interesting to me. Like the reproductive angle, you know, yeah. the, all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I again, I don't know. There's there's some people who claim that I must've been a psyop by the CIA and that kind of thing too. And there's like that. There's that whole strain of ufology too, where it's like, everything is a psyop. Everybody else is a disinformation agent. Everybody else is a spy. I mean, it's like, honestly, it's a lot like left Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's a fed except me yeah exactly um, no that's funny because like in the case of the the via boas thing you know which as you said was not like widely reported until like years later it's kind of like well what's the like what's, what's the, the in- game exactly because it's not like the cia wasn't present and you know in Brazil. oh it's yeah in south america of course like i mean so i could i could see definitely that angle like you know some kind of test yeah. or something but it, I, it just i don't know or i think like you know, maybe they, I mean, you know, if they wanted, they're like, how can we spread some of these stories and get this in people's heads? Like, hey, here's a guy in Brazil. Like, let's use this. Yeah. But the guy was like, if, my understanding is that the guy was really sincere and he like maintained until the day he died that it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. He also apparently had like symptoms similar to radiation poisoning too. I remember. Oh, that's that. wild. Because yeah. like there are, there was that case in, um, and this was not a UFO thing, but there was like a, a terrible radiation accident in Brazil at one point where like some guys like uh, they broke into like a, you know, like an abandoned medical facility. And they were like, you know, basically searching for like scrap metal and stuff like yeah. that. 
and they broke apart an imaging machine. And then not only did they expose themselves to the radiation inside, they took some of the material home with them because it was glowing and they ended up like radiating a lot of people, including oh, yeah. like a child who died. It's, it, it was just like a terrible story. So yeah. who knows what the hell was going on in Brazil in the, in the 50s, 60s, 70s. You know? Yeah, God, who's, <laughs> yeah, who knows? But I've always found that case one of my favorites because it's just, for one thing, the story itself is just wild as fuck. And then- Yeah, like he was really, he, he was very detailed about the color of her pubic hair. Yeah, red, red, flaming red pubic hair. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the carpet did not match the drapes. No, no. And I was just like, that's really interesting. I guess just on some planets, that's just how it works. You know. I guess the man just knows what he likes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, but like, uh, but it's, it, that's always been an interesting story. Cause like that, that was one of the very first abduction accounts, at least in the modern sense of the term. Uh, but the thing is actually occupant accounts, like close encounters of the third kind, as, a, as they're called, those were very much swept under the rug by quote unquote, serious ufologists who were like, really like, they, they didn't like those because they, you know, they made everything look cheesy or weird. And then like, it really Is didn't it because become... of the sexual component? Well, for the Via Boas encounter, sure, that was definitely probably why it didn't get a lot of play outside of Brazil for a long time. And but right. the uh, but I think just in general, like because there was like a wave of the of occupant reports, like in Europe and stuff, and South America, and like a lot of the UFO field had got really got burned by the contactee movement and the ridiculous and the craziness of that in the fifties. That makes sense. So and of course, you know, they all wanted the more serious. Again, I'm aspiring serious, not necessarily that they were all serious people, but but you know, a lot they want the the main UFO organizations that existed at the time, like NICAP or APRO. You, mm-hmm. you know, all they wanted to be respectable, you know, and they wanted to uh, get their point across to the media and everything. And right, but but so a lot of that stuff that was just it was just they considered just crazy tabloid stuff, and uh, yeah, and, because in in um. In Overlords of the UFO, there uh, are clippings from the star, which I believe is, I think it's still around, um, is think, a tabloid. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a, a longstanding tabloid newspaper, and it's reported on with complete credulity yeah. by W. Gordon Allen, which is very funny because, like, even at the time, um, tabloids were, I mean, even just the word tabloid yeah like says like oh it's it's bullshit it's bat boy stuff you yeah know? And I, even at the time people were like oh you know the kind of crap they sell in the supermarket checkout but but w gordon allen is like oh no like this 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 is a story about something that happened well funny thing about tabloids the you know the the one that set the stage for modern tabloids the inquirer the original you know <laughs> i believe it was called the new york inquirer originally it was bought out by this guy he was like he was like the son of some italian publisher and he bought, supposedly with the aid of the mafia, he bought the Inquirer. And, uh, but the thing is, two years before he bought the National Inquirer, he was literally working in the CIA Psychological Warfare Division. Oh, damn. Yeah. I, I For, just like, okay, the implications like, of that are like. <laughs> okay, like, I'm not joking when I say like, literally, this is like when I learned from Chapo that um, the elder Bush, uh, Poppy, uh, George Herbert Walker, says said that he couldn't remember where he was on the day of kennedy's assassination yeah 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 exactly it's like sure what (laughs) he's like the only one who could not who could not remember yeah like (laughs) oh my god like the shit and you know what the inquirer was 
you say what you want about the Enquirer, but they were the paper that broke the um, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky story. Yeah, exactly. They just started off with connections to the CIA and the mafia. And like, well, hey, like there was a point when this, the, you know, the CIA, the FBI and the mafia were probably synonymous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I just like that, that, that it's just like, even the Enquirer was not free from that. Like, it's funny because like, wild. yeah, (laughs) like, so like the New York Times has famously had a lot of like relationship, longstanding relationship with intelligence agencies, you know, to, and stuff like that. But like, it's funny that like the highest regarded paper in the, uh, in the world and then the lowest regarded paper like are both just like have like cia connections and that's just kind of makes you think man well yeah i mean you know you're gonna want to like have uh inroads into all all segments of the media yeah exactly i mean it makes sense it's just like when i learned that fact it was just like oh god it kind of really makes sense that's man. insane like dude i gotta read more about that yeah i've learned i've learned so much from the show there's so much that i want to like look up now now i want to make a video about w gordon allen (laughs) yeah 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 there's like so much that's one thing about ufos that's always fascinating because like it really like it's 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 not a it's 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 a topic that just freaking touches on so many other topics it's like inherently multifaceted and and it just goes in all directions that you want to go and there are so many um paths that you can take within like kind of like uh ufo uh narratives is you know you can you can totally go like a a a new age yeah like optimistic way you can go like a super paranoid um uh, you know almost like sovereign citizen fuck the government yeah like there and there's like so much and you know even if you don't believe that we are being visited by extraterrestrials you can look at it as like kind of like a a fascinating outgrowth of culture or something which is emblematic of like the human mind like the kind of stories we tell or the kind of things that we believe exactly like so many things just come into play with ufos you know you have like psychology you have politics you have science you have new age stuff you have occult stuff you have just so many different threads of it it's it is like a very weirdly complex subject which is i which as somebody who's really into it it's really hard to get that across to people sometimes because it's like most people get their idea of it from like you know x-files or tv or something i mean which you know it's fine i mean x-files is is a their version of it is entertaining you know but like you could do worse than x-files oh yeah for sure yeah i mean especially because like you know kind of like the um you know, one of the things that made the show work is that you had like a believer and a skeptic. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't like, you could be, you could potentially, you could be a team Mulder. You could be team Scully, you know? Yeah. So like there's something, there is still something for like the believer and the non-believer in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing they were willing to do is like, make you question the whole thing. Every once in a while they do that thing where they're like, Oh no, maybe it is all just government app. You know, they did that. They did that quite a few times actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also um, jillian anderson is a goddess oh jesus christ i i that show was i mean i'm probably i am not the only one i know that but that was the show that made me realize it was not straight like i like (laughs) really made me realize so many of us were like jillian anderson hell yeah yeah i I realized i was like really attracted to both of them honestly same yeah yeah, like i I, yeah and god i'm gonna sound like an old person where it's like oh well you know i'm not gonna i'm I'm not gonna talk down to the kids or malign them but um yeah. i think that there isn't like an understanding of like how different the culture was yeah if 
you were that age and like growing up at the time and like, you know, queerness was much less visible mm-hmm. in, in, in media. And like, you kind of had to get you well, get what you I, could out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've made this point about like science fiction where it's like, you know, a lot of older sci-fi fans, like love all these really crappy shows. Cause that was all that was on. It's like, yeah. why the fuck else would you watch the original Battlestar Galactica? That show was terrible. Yeah. But it was science fiction, you know? Um, but yeah, like with, you know, queerness, it's like, oh my God, Ellen is coming out. And then, you know, maybe we'll have like a lesbian appear on one episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like there's a, there's a next generation, Star Trek, the next generation episode where like Riker falls in love with somebody who could be construed as gender fluid, but she's so feminine presenting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not really like crossing many boundaries, but for the time it's like, yeah you know they were trying to put across what what they could and it is something which we have talked about on on our show in fact you know we were kind of grappling with the character of z-man from beyond the valley of the dolls and you know i think um our our very great guest uh josh olson who's like i still have not seen beyond the valley of the dolls unfortunately it's it's so fun it's uh, it's a feast for the eyes and the mind um highly recommend it but you know i think josh kind of like falls more on the side of like you know hey you know yeah these things aren't and you know, I, I don't want to make him sound like a crank because he's not like, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like, hey, you know, this was very much of the time. And it's like, you have to put it in that context. And like, I do agree to it. I do agree with that point of view. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't sometimes look at these things like a little bit. Yeah. Dance. Um, yeah. It, unfortunately, it, now, like everything is flattened to the point where yeah. it's like, let's not have any problematic exactly. depiction of anything ever. Like media must be morally edifying and you can't have negative portrayals of you know anybody queer or uh, of color or or whatever i I don't know because like i'm 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 38 i'm like older millennial and like there's definitely like this divide younger people tumblr grew up on tumblr and stuff like that which like yeah i'm 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 tail end of 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 gen x like i was born in in 79 okay and um it, 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 i can't like generational divides tend to be like kind of stupid they do tend to be yeah. like, too rush but like i there is there definitely a difference yeah and those yeah. like certain things like that yeah like, yeah definitely. because you know it does relate to like you know the kind of culture that you grew up in and like my generation is like really fucking annoying um that mostly <laughs> we just whine about how like eh, you know, nobody like thinks about us and it's like who gives a shit shut up you know but, there weren't um, as many of you guys i mean that's why really i mean that's what it comes yeah. down to i mean there's just more millennials and more boomers <laughs> well yeah and like there are more um and especially with like uh millennials and zoomers like maybe it's you know having um you know grown up with the internet because yeah. like we adopted the internet in our house when you know, it was like 96 or 97 i mean i didn't I get it in my own house college yeah i didn't get in my house until like uh 2003 i mean i was like yeah you know, and so my my parents were very suspicious of the internet like in retrospect uh, i kind of <laughs> i kind of get it now but like at the time it was like oh come on you know and like but um yeah well we and the, the environment of the internet has changed so much yeah it's completely different like it's uh it's somehow wilder and like more um more circumscribed i don't know like yeah because it's like you can have your life absolutely ruined on the internet but like now they're but now they're trying to like shut down certain kinds of content so it's like slightly less of the wild west yeah um 
I guess we should probably try to wrap up the podcast part. So we well, you're certainly going to have a lot of uh, material, but yeah, like I guess we've, uh, I don't know if we've even squeezed the toothpaste tube dry on W. Gordon Allen. I feel like I need to dig into the guy some more. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll get uh, Tim on the UFO train and, you know, we can do a little video about it. It'd be so um, interesting. Yeah. I'd love to see it. He sounds like a really interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I would not have guessed that from the way he narrates it, but like... Uh... No, and we should tell listeners that this movie is freely available on YouTube. Um, it's on the Internet I, Archives. I think that's the one you recommend. Yes, it's that's, on That's what I watched it on. Yeah. .org. And I, I don't know if I can wholeheartedly recommend it. It's maybe just for UFO completists. Um, yeah. You might kind of want to scrub through a little bit. Um, yeah. There's the some, there's some gems though. There's some, there's yeah. some good choice little lines of dialogue that are pretty funny. Um. <laughs> the big takeaway for me was like how many times he'll show you a photo of a quote unquote unidentified flying object, and then very sincerely tell you that this was captured at the moment of materialization. Yeah, yeah, it's like a faded like, uh, like it's obviously just like the way it was developed or whatever, or like some photographic effect or something yeah and that is very funny to me because like um i don't think you can really convincingly document materialization or dematerialization in a simple 35 millimeter photograph no no (laughs) um it might be more convincing if he had gotten it on uh, motion picture film yeah you could actually see the materializing or dematerializing yeah. as it was happening but um no but apparently like it's good enough for him that uh you know you kind of which could it could maybe be a photograph where somebody accidentally like double exposed the film where they took a picture of the background and then yeah. they took a picture of the pie plate and they got printed one on top of the other like yeah oh no it's actually like, it's coming from another dimension yeah I love okay that. man for sure <laughs> it's so funny i, I love it Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, W. Gordon Allen, absolute king, we stand. Please, uh, uh, if you are so motivated, check us out, patreon.com slash have you seen this? Because um, <laughs> we would like to do more material on W. Gordon Allen at some point. Also, we have a lot of other weird shit we talk about. Yeah, please do. Um, it's a really entertaining podcast. Thank you very much for saying so. And thank you for letting me very crassly promote it at multiple times. During no the show. problem. <laughs> But no, this was really fun. Thank you for having me. It's it's been such a fascinating discussion. You're welcome back anytime. I would love to. Like maybe we could talk about uh, fire in the sky. Um, definitely add starship invasions. Okay, I will add to that your, to the uh, list. To your list because it it's so funny and like it's got like Chris Lee communicating telepathically. It's, oh, it's of course. It's okay, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. And Robert Vaughn. I love Robert Vaughn. Oh yeah, I'm a Robert Vaughn stan. Nice. Um, I will finally let you sign off. Thank you for letting me babble at you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Um, and thank you to the listeners for going with us on this journey. Thanks again to Jen for coming on the show. Check out her podcast at patreon.com slash have you seen this. If you have any constructive comments, movie suggestions, or stories of your own otherworldly sightings or encounters, drop us a line at saucercinemapod at gmail.com.
Thanks again.